Welcome to Redefining Reality, where we live at the intersection of wellness, business, and the birth of a global tribe. So relax your body-mind, open your heart, and recognize that we are the ones we've been waiting for. Welcome back, my friends, to Redefining Reality. I'm your host, Brian Hardy, wellness coach, holistic nutritionist, and public speaker, entrepreneur focused around increasing the wellness of this world, helping people perform better, feel better, think better, look better, all of those things. How can we optimize this body-mind vehicle that we find ourselves in? So that's me, and I'm glad you've tuned in. Firstly, I want to apologize for the little holiday hiatus. It was not planned necessarily, but I lost two files due to corruption issues that were part of the release schedule. So two episodes went out, family and events and social things came in, and I decided, okay, I'm just going to take this time to relax and refocus and plan for the new year and then get back to things in early January. So welcome back, and we have some fantastic, fantastic stuff coming up in the next few weeks. And starting with today's episode, this was a really fun conversation with a really powerful individual. She goes by the name The Real Sun, and you'll get a bit more of this in the interview. And we talk about education and empowerment and self-care and how self-care is a revolutionary act. And I just love that. I really do love that. And it's true when you think about it, because the more we can take care of ourselves, the more power we can displace from the current structures that have a financial interest in us not being well. So know that when you make yourself a nice bath or you bake yourself some delicious healthy treats, that you are making a difference. You know, it might seem silly, but you really are because you're not putting that energy towards, you know, some big chain grocery store that has a bunch of crappy baked goods filled with artificial ingredients and hydrogenated vegetable oils and all these things that are going to do your body no good. So take the power back, uh, nourish yourself, love yourself, and really put self-care as a priority. That's sort of the message that comes through in this, and you'll hear throughout the interview and on the blog, which is at brianhardy.ca slash therealsun, and there you'll see a link to her event called Grounding Space, which we also chat about, which is coming up in the Toronto area. So if you're someone who feels like they give a lot in their work and need time for self-care, come on out and check out Grounding Space. Meet some amazing people in person and take care of yourself. Give yourself the gift of love and care and rejuvenation. So all that said, thank you again. As always, the iTunes reviews, ratings, subscriptions are much appreciated to help get this show out to more people. 
and I'll catch you next time. Be well. Peace. Today I'm joined by a very inspiring individual, someone who I'm excited to chat with and share with y'all, and that is the woman who goes by the name The Real Sun. So welcome. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be speaking with you. Likewise, likewise. Always a pleasure. And The Real Sun, a little bit about her. She is an educator, an artist, a proud resident of Jane and Finch in Toronto, hails from Korea originally, and is all about purpose and social justice and education in the work that she does. And so, if you know me, you know that those are all things that I'm into and things that I love to talk about and share about. Um, and so, we're going to dive into a bunch of that today, share her story, share what she's up to, what she's got going on in Toronto, and just share the love. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I, uh, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today um, and kind of sharing with you some of the journeys that I've been on um, around coming to my path of purpose. And ultimately, I think that's my primary focus in terms of really at the center of all I do, you know, being an artist. Um, I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a poet. I'm also an educator. I work within the school system. I work within community settings. And, and also working with various different institutions as well um, and have been doing all of this work for since I think uh, 2005 really is when I started really diving into this work um, and then being able to bring in components of healing um, because social justice is really at the core of the work that I do. Um, my soul calls me to be a change maker. My soul calls me to um, create an impact on the world that is going to help us become a more evolved version of who we are. Um, And my initial route to it was a very um, political kind of entry point of looking at, you know, inequities and looking at the history of colonization and looking at um, various different systemic oppressions that created the foundations of the world that we live in, especially here in North America and in Canada and in Toronto. Right. Um, And so the core of my work really started from a place of um, having processed my own oppression that I went through as a young girl, you know, um, being from a a home where there was a lot of um, violence. Right. There um, my father was very abusive. Um, and so my mom and I actually came to Canada is, uh, in an effort to, yeah, kind of escape that situation. And so, um, and then having moved into a, a community where I was the only one that looked like me other than my mom, you know, rural, good old rural Ontario. (laughs) And, uh, and so feeling a lot of shame around my cultural identity, feeling a lot of the internalized uh, racism and and violence that was happening um, towards me was something that I was trying to heal from. And I, you know, still a continuous journey because when you have deep wounds and traumas uh, from when you're a young child, it takes, you know, you know, you know, being on a holistic path and being on the path of healing is a lifelong journey. And 
So my entry point was very personal in a sense of dealing with these larger systemic issues of gender-based violence, of racism, of inequality and inequities, um, and feeling them on a visceral level, feeling them um, really shaping the container for my life um, and realizing that I didn't need, well, that it was important that I didn't formulate my entire identity around my wounds. And I think that's what a lot of us do is that we cling to the stories of our pains, of our sufferings, and um, they are very deep and, and, and important in terms of how we come to understand the world. But I think sometimes when we do not do the proper healing work, then we get stuck in that uh, in that energy, and then we end up perpetuating a lot of uh, negative cycles into our lives, and then we don't ever really reach our full potential. And um, so uh, I was doing a lot of work with youth. Uh, I was still I actually a youth myself when I started teaching. Um, and uh, I started with, uh, uh, you know, working with a lot of young people in specifically speaking around issues of race and speaking around issues of systemic oppression and trying to understand our identities within the context of the world so that we could have a better footing in reclaiming our own identities, which is a process that I also had to go through as well. Um, and then that path, yeah, really led me to understand that, you know, the the work that is really important to happen on the ground in terms of the social justice work, in terms of, you know, because um, a lot of the work that I was doing in my early years was very political, uh, radical, grassroots, you know, organizing. Um, and then I started looking around at the community and realizing that we're not well. You know, the, those of us who are trying to help heal others or those of us who are trying to make the world a better place, we're still dealing with the toxins and the poisons and the, the trauma that surrounds us that we're trying to fight against. So it became a personal journey of um, needing to heal so that I could be more stronger in the work that I was doing to make an impact in the community. And so then I went into the study of um, psychotherapy and bioenergetic therapy and energy healing and studied for four years at the Integral Healing Center of Toronto. Um, and then uh, now what's happened is a culmination of all of that work uh, under a company called Voice of Purpose that I founded um, as the creator of, and uh, in, in it's voice. So Voice of Purpose, we deliver purpose-driven education to the arts, and we stand for innovating education for the evolving generation. Knowing that our systems of education currently are built on a very archaic model um, that doesn't serve uh, the modern day interests and needs of our students and young people. So um, when I came to that journey of, of healing within myself to give my work more integrity, I realized what is the purpose 
you know, what's the point of, of, of kind of going through that journey of healing? Because for me, it was motivated behind, well, I want to be able to heal the systemic oppressions within myself because I need to also be a living embodiment of the change that I, I want to see out in the world. And um, through that process, I realized the real work and the real um I guess, reward of doing the healing work is that you come to understand who you are on a true level beyond, you know, the the labels that society puts on us, beyond the harmful ideas that have been implanted in our heads through the traumas that we've been through. You come to an understanding of your true inner light, your true inner purpose. And that is the thing I think that we're all looking for you know is to be in that place of peace within yourself to not be in agony around the the struggles that you've been through but being fully fulfilled in who you are and that transcends uh race race gender all of the different identities even though those identities are really important to helping us to contextualize our own personal path of purpose and and what that is i understood that at the core of my social justice organizing um, is an idea that uh, when what 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 is the point of social justice is to make the world a better place, right? And and in making the world a better place, you think of people that are uh, are fulfilled in who they are, that are happy, you know, mm-hmm. that are living in alignment with their purpose, and so it kind of has come full circle. For me, um, and I realize now my purpose is to help other people come to their purpose. And so um, a, a, the work that I do now is centralized around voice of purpose through which I um, uh, teach at various different levels, right? So my main thing that I've done um, that I have a real deep passion for is working with young people, especially teens. I love the high school age. So um, I have uh, uh, work that I've done uh, primarily in like high schools and middle schools where I go into the classroom and I work with the curriculum, um, introducing arts-based ways of learning as well. So, um, yeah, and I could go on, but I I feel like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. What, no, uh, there's a lot there. There's a there's lot, a lot there. there. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I want to um, just reflect also that with the with the somewhat limited experience I've had um, working with youth, it has definitely been like the high school age where it's like they're they're open enough and they're curious enough and they can relate to you enough um, to really just like be themselves or have the space, mm-hmm. you know, we help to create the space for them to be themselves and for them to explore things that they might not feel comfortable exploring with their teachers or with their parents um, or with some other, you know, adult figure who's too far removed from where they're at. Um, and I mean, education and education reform and evolution and all those things are very exciting for me. And so I'm sure we'll dive more into that. But I want to bring it back to that piece you dropped about, you know, the, the healing journey and, and yes. how it's all about knowing yourself, right? Yes. And it always reminds me of the quote, sort of, you know, it's like the whole know thyself, heal thyself, love thyself. Um, it's just like foundational um, pieces yeah. of, of, of what we have to have in place if we're going to be, like you said, healthy, happy human beings. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because um, I came to a similar realization, um, also triggered due to my own, uh, my own sort of suffering and my own need for healing, right? You come to this awareness where um, you look around and you're just like, people are not, are not doing good, you know? On the whole, um, we're not eating the right things, we're not sleeping, we're not dealing with emotions, we're not connecting to nature. Um, and so it's no wonder we're in the situation that we're in. Mm. It kind of makes me mm-hmm. laugh. It's, it's a sort of a sad, funny truth that, um, you know, we are or we have taken part in creating the problems that we're now having to solve. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that internal journey is so, so important at every stage of development, you know. Um, so as adults, I think we have a lot of pressures on us still to uh, perform in a certain type of way. Um, the way that I kind of see it is like this, is that, you know, when you're in your high school years, there is uh, kind of this pressure to figure out what it is that you're doing. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? You know, what is it that uh, you want to study in school? What is it if you continue on to post-secondary studies? Um, what is the the, the um, thing that's going to give you the most amount of return on your investment in terms of, uh, you know, uh, looking into your, your education? And um, a lot of people don't have that pathway or a deep understanding of who they are. So it's like that internal work to understand who you are is first and foremost step number one. Um, I think step number two is then to invest uh, energy in developing the skills um, to to manifest what it is that you're that you're being called to do, right? Um, and then once you're on that path to be nurturing yourself and taking care of yourself and making sure that you're grounding and making sure that you are taking care of your needs so that you can be strong for the goals that you've set and also strong for the people that are around you. Um, and uh, I, have a, I have a workshop that's coming up called Grounding Space, which is geared towards adults. So I serve primarily kind of like three different groups uh, currently. One is kind of teens in high school. Um, another is artist entrepreneurs. Uh, once you kind of step into your purpose and developing kind of those skills around how do I create my own um, path forward that is alignment with my purpose. And then the other piece is when you're in the work, uh, sometimes it's hard to maintain that space of self-care um, and self-love. And so we, we kind of uh, end up losing that grounding. Um, so, yeah, a grounding space is a space that I've created once a month uh, for adults who are on their path of purpose or who are kind of striving to uh, be on that path of purpose, um, who are also in the service of others, who are constantly in the service of others, whether you're an educator or an artist or a healer or a seeker, you know, um, a lot of us that are on this path that are answering the calling within us sometimes uh, struggle with being there for ourselves because we're constantly in the service of others. And so um, in that space, I think it's really important for us to find time to heal. And so uh, the first workshop that I'm holding uh, in the series of three that I'm doing is January 21st. 
Um, and I'm also uh, doing one on February 18th and March 18th as well. So it's the third Saturday of every month for the first quarter of the year. Um, I'm offering this space for, yeah, specifically educators, artists, um, teachers, community workers, frontline workers, um, and people who feel themselves to be on the path of purpose, uh, whether you're uh, in the in the in the path of purpose of serving others in your professional life or you find yourself serving others a lot in your personal life and you find yourself being taxed um, in your energy and not able to fully um, fully show up because you're exhausted right and we've all face that burnout we've all kind of been there and so um it's almost uh, kind of an experiment as well uh because you know it i'm responding to a need that i see out in the community and so i'm inviting people to join me on this journey uh and yeah if, if folks want to find out more about it you can find it uh at voiceofpurpose.org you'll find a link for uh grounding space um, and then I think you also do a little notes at the bottom of your show there, so I can definitely send the direct yeah. event yeah. link to you, too. Yeah, we'll link everything up in the show notes. So if you're in the area or going to be in the area and want to come by and, you know, meet up in the flesh and share some time and space, then that all, information will all be there. Sounds like a phenomenal, phenomenal concept. Um, and Thank very you. much it reminds me of uh, what... Someone else whom I follow who also has a background in bioenergetics. Yeah. A guy named Elliot Hulse. I don't know if you're familiar with him. <clears throat> but so he's been doing these things. He's, he's a strength a strength coach and um, used a lot of bioenergetics for his own process. <clears throat> and now holds these things called grounding camp. <clears throat> that is, uh, I think it's a weekend, like a two or three day event. And... From what I've seen in their promo, it looks intense, and you got people, you know, doing all sorts of uh, chanting and dancing and moving and shaking and really, you know, getting into the body, right? Um, which, I mean, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I imagine would be part involved in what you're putting together. Um, yeah. And I, and I wanted to just just have you share a bit on bioenergetics. And, okay. Um, like what that means to you, and um, how that tool, how that understanding, how that those experiences can help one, um, because a lot of people aren't familiar with it. You know, it's it's still kind of a flying under the radar sort of modality. Hmm. Yeah. So bioenergetics is uh, grounded in psychotherapy um, as a starting point, right? Western psychotherapy, very Jungian uh, way of looking at the inner workings of the mind and looking at um, the different developmental stages of a human being. Um, and in combination with uh, Eastern traditions of energy. So within bioenergetics, there's an understanding that we operate within character structures and that we have different character structures that uh, speak to the ways that we have uh, internalized our traumas and also the ways that we have uh, different ways of holding energy in our bodies and the different ways that we emotionally deal with uh, the struggles that we face. So um, at the core basis of understanding of energetics or bioenergetics is an understanding that your uh, 
your mental and psychological space interacts with your energetic body and takes up space in your physical body. And so we understand trauma as being energy that's trapped in the body. The best way, there's a really great book by Peter Levine um, called Healing Trauma. Um, and it is a uh, basically one of the stories that he tells in the book, which I think illustrates this uh, kind of whole thing really, really well, is that um, what happens when you go through a life-threatening situation, right? Say, like physically, you feel like your life is going to be threatened. What happens to your body? It goes into a state of hypervigilance. All of this energy comes up. You're all of a sudden, you know, way more kind of uh, intensely. Your adrenaline is going. Your heart's beating faster on a physiological level, right? Um, and all of these chemicals are being uh, produced in the brain to take you into the fight or flight response. Because our bodies as human beings, we're very mammalian in a sense. Uh, well, not in a sense. We are mammals, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a certain level of biology to our physical existence where we have uh, our minds have evolved to a certain level, but our bodies have remained in the animal kingdom. And so uh, what happens in the wild when an animal goes through a triggered fight or flight response with that extra energy that comes up, what they do is say they uh, survive a life-threatening situation. Say um, a rabbit is out in the wild and it's eating and an eagle swoops down to try and uh, kill it for its food that lunch and he somehow survives, right? Um, you very rarely see traumatized animals out in the wild. Now, what happens with that rabbit is that if he survives that situation, he will shake to the release of that extra energy. Some animals will jump, run, uh, replay certain scenarios so that they can expend of that energy somehow. Um, what humans do is not what's physiologically best for us is we do what's socially acceptable and we hold it in and we store it in different areas of the body. And sometimes, and the thing about energy is that it has to come out some way, somehow. So sometimes if we don't release of that energy in a healthy way, um, it gets stored and then released in uh, ways that can be destructive or violent, unconscious, um, and so the understanding of bioenergetics is in therapy, when you're working with your uh, therapist, you're targeting different emotional traumas and releasing them by feeling them where they are within the bodies. And then through the understanding of the character structures, understanding how the different uh, chakra systems and the emotional body is working in concert um, to understand what sorts of release a person may need based on their character structure. Mm. Yeah, so the oral character, there's the schizoid character, you know, like different, uh, different ways that we internalize energy, depending yeah. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible how, how wise the body is, right, and how brilliant nature is to that. Yeah. I mean, it's built in, and if we are allowed to follow our instincts, you know, um, we will, you know, look for ways to get that out, to shake that out, and work it off, or... Um, you know, I know in a lot of traditional societies, that's why they would have ritual and dance and ceremony and drum circles and all those different things, right? They, they knew that we had to create the space to deal with this stuff. Otherwise, it would lead to, you know, 
um, sickness in the tribe or, or you know un, being unwell and ultimately death right the the end of, of survival of their people mm-hmm. that's why personally I love to look back at uh, those traditional cultures or our, our sort of hunter-gatherer ancestors and see what it is that they were doing how were they living how were they interpreting the world how were they interacting with the world how were they dealing with challenging experiences in order to figure out tools that we can use as modern-day um, humans, you know, modern-day domesticated humans, right? Because we're not wild animals anymore. Um, our wildness has been sort of socialized out of us. Mm. And so I love how you, how you bring it back to, that, to the, the reality that we are these, you know, um, biologically bound beings, at least yeah. in this experience. I find many times um, in certain certain worlds or certain aspects of healing or the New Age community, there's a denial of our animal nature, right? Mm. And a lot of religions have done that. Like I was raised in the church. So I was raised in, in a Protestant Baptist sort of upbringing. And the whole Christian myth and uh, all the guilt and shame that they associate to our animal nature, right? It goes very, very deep and that's sort of the core of, you know, the Western world. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think um, the idea of shaming is something that is very, um, yeah, prominent in our culture, uh, in in the Western world. Um, There definitely has been a lot of damage that's been done by various different religious institutions, um, including Christian religions, um, that connect uh yeah kind of has a fear-based and i'm I'm not talking about uh the teachings of christ Mm. i think the teachings of christ and the actions of the religious institutions of churches can be two very different things so what i'm talking about is the um the the cultural uh I guess the control aspect of needing to control populations uh, for interest of dominance of power of uh, elite groups within our societies have created um, a sense of shame that uh, kind of has been funneled through the church. Um, But I think this idea of shame is one that's also archetypal and uh, kind of very much embedded in an understanding of uh, or the story that we've been told that we're not worthy, Mm. right? This feeling that we walk around with not feeling comfortable with who we are because there are these messages about who we should be as opposed to embracing the truth that we are and I think that is truly the um, the challenge of our modern day generation is to get to that place where we can shed all of the disillusions and the lies that we've been told about who we are and start stepping into the truth of who we are, which is the power that flows through each one of us. And the reality is, is that we are part of the same thing. We are one with all and in the sense that 
I am part and part. I'm made of the same stuff as the stars. You are. This wall is. You know, we are created of the same basic components of life. And so there is something on a fundamental level that connects all of us. Um, and I think that uh, is an under within the understanding of that is an understanding um, that we are sacred. Right. Um, because we are for me, you know, I believe in God, but I also believe in 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 the universe that, you know, depending on what language is accessible for people. Um, and it's coming back to the sacredness in each one of us, I think, really is the key to shedding that shame that we've internalized and that we've been forced fed down our throats to tell us that we are not worthy um, and that we are somehow incomplete, that we are somehow, uh, you know, less than this uh, projected ideal that's been put out there. And I think the process of healing is ultimately coming into that space of resilience, you know, cause, and, and also ultimately coming into your true purpose. Because when you are aligns with your true purpose you are accepting now the fact that you have something to offer to this world that there is a special light that glows within you that you know that light is not something to be ashamed of and for a long time that was the process that I went through is realizing feeling like I wasn't being seen feeling like my light wasn't being honored, feeling ashamed of who I was because of the um, the racism that I had gone through because of the abuse that I had gone through, feeling a lot of shame around who I was naturally. And then realizing that shedding that shame um, was really important for me to embrace my true purpose. It was really important for me to step into the true light that I am and to be able to show up for people, to be able to um, manifest uh, beautiful things out into the world. And I think um, grounding back into the very basics is super important. So throughout uh, grounding space, this is also something that we're going to be doing is grounding back into very basic things around breath, grounding into basic things around um, celebrating the small wins, celebrating our ability to grow. Um, I've been recently really inspired by the work of Carol Dweck, uh, who is an educator that talks about the growth mindset and talks about the importance of um, prioritizing and also uh, thinking about uh, the, the fact that on a very scientific level, we grow all the time. And sometimes people think that you are born with a certain level of intelligence and you're stuck with it. You're you're born with a certain set of aptitudes and you're stuck with that. And that what she calls is uh, the fixed mindset. And within the growth mindset comes with an understanding that we develop new neural pathways when we engage in practice of something that we have the ability to grow in our different levels of intelligence. And it also brings into an understanding of, you know, the earlier work that was done by Howard Gardner around uh, multiple intelligences comes um, an understanding of some of the more recent work that's coming out as an offshoot or an evolution of that work that centers around multiple modalities and multiple literacies, right? And when you're dealing with uh, multimodal learning and uh, multiple literacies, you're understanding that we have different ways of creating and communicating meaning, uh, and they are called modes. We have different modes of communication. Um, we we communicate through text. We communicate 
through uh, nonverbal communication. We communicate through so many, we communicate through energy, right? And so there's different modes of meaning that we create and different levels of literacy that we have in any given mode. You can be literate in culture. You can be literate in um, energy. You can be literate in uh, font types. You can be literate in graphics. You can be literate in so many things. And when you develop skills in a certain area and you spend a lot of time in practice of that, your brain grows in the level and the amount of path ways that it creates based on the activity that you engage in. So on a very scientific level, and this many, many studies around neuroscience prove this fact, um, that we have the ability to grow within our within our psyche and within the skill sets that we have, the different levels of literacies that we have. Um, and this piece of knowledge, I think, is really key to helping us develop uh, in our own levels of resilience. Because when I look at the work of Carol Dweck and, and looking at the growth mindset, what it's really doing and, and, and what I truly believe in is really investing time and uh, in, in developing your resilience. Right. I think ultimately that's what it's about. Resilience is the key to understanding and being on your path of purpose. And a lot of times when we think about resilience, we think about resilience in the sense of like um, getting back up after you fall on a very basic level. You need resilience to get back up after you fall. And um, for me, it's why do you get back up? You know, how do you get back up? It's really easy to say, well, you know, pull up your bootstraps, brush it off and get back up. It's really hard to do that when you're on your face on the ground in a puddle and you don't know what to do with yourself because you've been dealing with clinical depression or you're dealing with, you know, really intense childhood traumas that are now coming up and, and you are literally uh, a mess, broken on the floor. What do you do in that space? Just tell that person, oh, well, get back up, brush it off. No, there's you know, we need tools. And I think one of the really important, like one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in terms of a tool that we can use is to believe in cultivating resilience through values towards our ability to grow, to be like, you know, um, I know I can grow. Science tells me so if you need that piece of, uh, you know, thing to hold on to. Um, and so there's something I can learn from this. My, yeah, there's something I can learn from this and what are the lessons that I can learn from it and how can I grow and to celebrate your, your growth at the little bits that you can, you know, and placing priority on growth as opposed to the end result. Yeah, yeah. And then, because I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because oftentimes there's just that innate survival instinct right that'll keep people moving forward and that's you know that's like the base level the base requirement in a lot of situations right um it's just to okay i'm going to get through this because whether it's just for you or for your family you know you don't want to leave your family you don't want to leave your friends i know for myself in, in some of my lowest points it was um that that was my why essentially mm. to continue forward, right? Was mm -hmm. to um, it's like I can't give up because 
what will that do to my family? What will that do? Like, I, I can show up. I have the ability to show up for these people that I really care about and love. And so that became the reason, right? That became, right. That became a way through some really dark moments. And so I love that. And I love the whole idea around growth mindset and neurogenesis and how infinite our capacity is to grow and to learn and to adapt mm-hmm. um, and to become more resilient, right? To become strong mm-hmm. and to become able to deal with the inevitable challenges mm. that are going to come, especially when you're really putting yourself out there and really wanting to do big things, right? It's easy to not face challenges if you're just playing small and, you know, staying to yourself and, and hiding from the world. But for those of us that are, you know, actively choosing to um, to be of service and to yeah. go out there and to make things better, um, yeah, we, we better be ready. We better be ready and equipped to deal with what's going to come because there's a lot of crazy, dark things that we're going to have to face. Yeah. It's the toolbox, you know. Um and it's also sustenance. How do you maintain um, when you're constantly being taxed with so many demands on your life? You know, and one, you know, one of the tools that we have is to cultivate resilience. But I think another thing that we need to do as in relation to that is cultivate a practice of self-love and a practice of self-care and that these are intentional things that you have to create goals and plans around you know just like anything that you want to achieve uh i heard somewhere and i and i don't know where this quote comes from but it speaks to me very deeply is that like you know a a goal without a plan is just a wish you know and so if you don't have a plan for how are you going to achieve these things that you want to create if if one of the goals that you have is to be uh, the fullest version of yourself, right? If your goal is to be in alignment with your true purpose, if your goal is to be there for other people and to be a full vessel so that you can, you know, bring into manifestation your true mission in life, if your goal is to be um, a solid rock for the people in your life, that is not possible without being a solid rock for yourself. You cannot give unconditional love to another person before you have unconditional love for yourself. You cannot be a stand for other people in a really integral way until you have that integrity within yourself to be there for yourself, you know. And so I think these are, um, for me, self-care and revolution are the same thing. Right. Um, to invest in your own well-being is to invest in the well-being of the community, um, because we are, can be only as strong as the sum of our parts. And this is the other thing that I realized in a lot of the social justice organizing that I was doing in the frontline uh, community organizing sector is that, um, you know, the movements that we build can only be as healthy as the individuals that are building them. You know, and if you have a bunch of people that are constantly overworked, underpaid, and struggling, um, and 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 um, feeling um, exhausted and burnt out, 
the things that we are trying to achieve are not going to get to the level that they have the potential to, just in the way that our personal missions will not uh, be able to reach the stage of full manifestation until you have the right parts in place to uh, nurture yourself, to be strong enough to follow through with the things that you need to do to make it happen. So it's almost like foundational to all of this work right? Investing in your self-care, taking care of yourself, making sure that you are on a healthy uh, path and also creating like a plan. And this is a grounding space that's coming up. That was part of, uh, you know, having something regular that people can come to, you know, once a month, um, making it a part of your day-to-day uh, ritual, your routines, you know, um, integrating it into your life, I think is super important um, to create that foundation, you know, because I've learned that at every stage, there's different levels. Again, for me, it all comes back to purpose, right? It all comes back to what is that inner light? Um, what is that God self? It's, 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 it's coming to embrace that we are, again, getting past that shame stuff. We are divine beings. We are powerful beings. We are, you know, pieces of the divine that exist in human form. That is a, a really huge um, truth that I think we all have to come to a level of reckoning with um, mm. and come to a level of accepting the fact that, you know, we are empowered beings to the level that we will embrace this truth that we have the power of the universe at our hands, you know, and, you know, kind of, kind of touching back on the difference between the teachings of the church or the institution of the church and the teachings of Christ, right? Christ taught us that we can do as he can do, that those were the instructions or those are kind of the things that um, Jesus had said and he was just a teacher. It's just about, and what, what is that? What was the embodiment of Christ? The embodiment of Christ is God in human form. And so for me, it's coming to that place of embracing your purpose is to embrace the divinity within yourself. And to embrace the divinity within yourself is to release yourself of the shame, to do the healing work, uh, to understand who you are, that identity piece work that I do with the young people at that, at that stage, and, em- and embracing um, the, the path of your purpose and developing the skills you know, that you need, and then investing time in um, the, the, the process of uh, doing the work of, you know, um, filling your vessel so that you have the energy to follow through and be that, become that true embodiment, right? So there's multiple stages of this, so many different stages of this, and that's why I think it's really powerful for us to kind of have that touchstone of purpose, you know? that we are, and and ultimately, you know, the core of my work is centered around purpose-driven education. And purpose-driven education, you know, states that um, we should be, the purpose of education should be to help learners identify, align with, and build the skills to pursue your true purpose in life, you know. And skills around self-love, self-care, and grounding are definitely keystones, um, especially when you get to uh, the stage where you are trying to bring the manifestation happen into your life once you've uh, come into alignment of an understanding of what that might be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so often, you know, 
and I mean, so much to unpack there. So many things. As you're speaking, I'm just having like things going off and connections. And you're literally pulling the words from my consciousness at points. So it's just like, oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I want to touch on that piece of integration. Mm. Um, that that for me has become so um, so much in the forefront. Mm. What it is that I do and, and want to accomplish when I work with clients around wellness and nutrition and lifestyle and and all these things because it's like you said, if we don't make the time for it, if we don't intentionally create the time to do these things, they're just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, li life is going to happen and you're going to be distracted and, you know, pulled in this direction or that direction. And I almost like, not almost, and it was interesting because I heard you say um, how, you know, the self-care is almost like the foundation for um, everything. And I say, it's not almost, it's completely, right? It is the foundation. Um, and words are so powerful. And so I catch myself using that same thing about almost. Um, but when we are constantly seeking healing, yeah, right, I think then that can per become a cycle that then becomes perpetuated, right? And my whole thing is always about integrating and harmonizing, right? So how do we integrate these truths, how do we integrate these realizations that we're having around who we are and the purpose that we're on um, or the purpose that we're here for and what works for us, like mm -hmm. what works for us, what's, what's our recipe or formula for self-care, right? Mm. It's always going to be different. Mm -hmm. Nutritionist, so it comes back to food and recipes and, you know, working in the kitchen and that sort of thing. Um, and so... Yeah, I just want to remind folks, and for myself too, that um, even though our current, you know, cultural values might not think it's important or might not place it as a high enough priority, um, or it's not sexy enough for you know the latest and greatest, um, that it is so foundational. Yeah. And to, and to never forget that, to never forget that the self-care piece is—it's not going anywhere. You know, better get used to it, but learn to enjoy it, learn to love it. Um, and this, that, that, I have to highlight that, that, that self-care equals revolution. Mm. So true. Mm -hmm. So true. And I <laughs> felt that at times throughout, throughout my journey and working with people, um, because, you know, if you've never, say, you know, made yourself like a, like a nice bath, then the act of, of making the water and putting the salts in and maybe some essential oils. Yes. Like that's a revolutionary act. Yes. Um, that yes. is so much more effective, I believe, than going out in the streets and throwing hate at folks, right? As a lot of the, the social justice warrior people, or not people, movement can, can be sort of corrupted by um, is the whole fighting, right? Well, I think there's a, there's definitely a place for that. Because let's be honest, mm. right? Um, if you are constantly being beat down by society, there's only so much you can do to a person, beat them and beat them and beat them until they're going to fight you back, you know? Mm -hmm. And taking that very small metaphor and applying it on a larger societal sense, there are uh, folks and different groups that have been marginalized for hundreds of years. 
hundreds of years on a systemic level um, that continue to this day. And so I think there's definitely a place for um, uprising. You know, I think definitely there is a place for challenging uh, norms in a way that is, uh, you know, uh, perhaps not the most gentle, but there's different, there's a time and place for everything. You know, I think um, for me, if I know that uh, someone is being brutalized and I can do something about it, it may require that I intervene and I'm very, you know, uh, engaged in a high level of, you know, like I'm not owning, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's, there's a place where you kind of have to intervene and that can take a lot of uh, fire that may require a lot of fire. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are times when you may need to withdraw from that, situation to do your self-care in a more quiet, uh, intimate space where you're restoring now the energy that you've output. So, you know, I think there definitely uh, is, there's an importance for the warriors. Um, and I think sometimes warriors can be uh, misunderstood in certain aspects of our social justice uh, communities are misunderstood or uh the, the, because the issues are so complex, the issues are not fully understood. Um, and so uh, that can definitely have an impact. Um, but the way that I see it, I see it truly, you know, as kind of three layers to the process, right? Um, and these are kind of the three ways that I've organized the ways that I serve uh, in the work that I do with Voice of Purpose, right? So I think within uh, coming to the stage of fully embracing your purpose, um, there's kind of three stages, right? Um, Or three components, right? rather, I would say. Um, So the first is kind of a cocooning stage where there is a... um, a learning of who you are, the becoming, right? The realization. Uh, and this is the pieces around understanding your identity, understanding your social and historical context, uh, coming to the place where you're starting to tune into that place of intuition, starting to tune into what is my true voice? What is my true understanding? Um, what is, uh, who am I? What is it that I stand for? What is it uh, that I have been through? What are some of the challenges that I've been through? Um, and and uh, I organize that kind of in, in uh, uh, understanding your identity and connecting it with your personal journey and connecting it with wider social issues and taking a stand of who you are, uh, which I call the ICT process. Um, and I employ that through a lot of the work that I do with young people, um, through a, a program that I called On the Horizon, which is specifically geared towards high schools um, to help young people do that cocooning piece uh, around understanding what their identity is and creating works of art, uh, specifically poetry when I'm working in the classroom, um, about who they are. What is my identity? What is what is the context of the world that I live in? What's my place within it? And how do I feel about that? What is the stand that I choose to take? So I think that's number one. That's the first kind of layer of reckoning of who am I? What's my identity? Where's, what context am I in? And what do I believe in? Um, 
the next one of the next stages is then to really hone that to a very specific focus of how do I want to carve out my life space. Right. What is the career path that I want to go on? What are what's my mission? What is my true purpose in life and how do I bring that into manifestation? What are the skill sets that I need? Um, So I kind of call that the lab stage, right, where you're kind of in the in the kitchen now, you know, that you've kind of been in the cocoon trying to understand what's the recipe, what what's my what's my uh, what's my calling. And then the next stage is to answer that calling, build skills that you need. Um, and so a lot of the work that I do uh, at that level is with artist entrepreneurs and artist educators, kind of passing on the torch of what does it mean to if your calling is to be an artist educator, what are the tools that you need, but also as an artist entrepreneur, um, what are some of the understandings that we need around branding? What are some of the understandings that we need around uh, formulating a business within the space of your purpose? Or what's the next stage of what does your purpose look like out in terms of creating sustenance for yourself and 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 um, pairing the two very deep instincts that we have within ourselves uh, of survival and creativity and how do those two kind of come together um, to manifest your vision right and that's the work whether it be you know you're in the frontline trenches whether you're in the service of others in um, in healing whether you're an educator an artist what is that path what is you know what is that way forward? Um, and then creating the skills around that. And then the third layer of that is like, now when you're in the work of it, what's the maintenance work, right? And that's where kind of grounding space comes in, is when you have settled into the the, the process of now uh, living life and uh, being in the service of others. And, and, I fe- and I find that a lot of folks who have kind of come into that alignment are like my mission is to serve others and this is the way that I'm doing it you can serve people through your art you can serve people and humanity through very very, uh, tangible actions in terms of social justice you can be doing it through the healing work that you're doing you can be doing it through the classroom whatever it is that you're doing in that space of now fulfilling your mission are you taking care of yourself are you making sure that you are maintaining that space of uh care uh and love towards yourself so that you can complete the mission that you have embarked on in answering that calling on your life so that's kind of how i see um it in the process that I've personally gone through um, and the work that Voice of Purpose does is kind of in those three stages. There's the cocooning stage, right, where you understand your identity, come to a reckoning of your context and uh, start understanding what is, you know, start filling out what is my calling, you know, what is what is that thing? And then there's the labbing stage where you figure out what are the different components that I need to master this, to really live in alignment with my purpose. And then when you're in the process of that, to make sure that you're creating a system of self-care for yourself um, and a way to focus so that you are filling the vessel and truly meeting that that calling. So, um, yeah, yeah, really like yeah. it that way. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like the layers of a beautiful cake. And um, <laughs> um, I love to, speaking of self-care and you know maintenance and those sorts of things, I always love to ask people about their uh, morning and or evening rituals, if they have them, what they might be, um, and see if we could share something. 
um, that someone might want to include in their day? Absolutely. What that looks like for you. So for me, uh, I've actually come to this place uh, where I realized that uh, one of our, uh, one of the mutual people that we know, Angelito, he called it the the shiny object syndrome. I don't I don't remember what he called it, but it's like a lot of us get really excited about something, right? And it's like ooh, the shiny thing, and then we like and we, we we like focus so much time on it, and then like we go to this nesting, and then we're like oh, shiny thing, and like oh, shiny thing, you know, and it was kind of off this way of existing. Um, and so it, I think it's also uh, developing a solid morning routine for yourself is being really honest about what it is that you need and being really honest about your tendencies and your patterns. So I realized that sometimes, you know, and we just went through New Year's resolution, the building, a lot of people were in 2017, it's January. So a lot of people are kind of fired up, uh, myself included, about kind of taking the next steps. And um, for me, one of the really profound understandings that I came to was around that we exist in seasons. The the world exists in seasons, and so do we. And so the plans that I set out for myself in January may not be the plans that make sense in September. So I've developed um, a a system for reviewing uh, on a quarterly. Uh, all the different things that I am setting in motion for myself, including my morning routine, right? So for the first quarter, um, my morning routine looks like uh, I wake up in the morning. The first thing I do is I give thanks for God. I give thanks and I and I try to uh, maintain that, uh, let the first thoughts of my day be of gratitude, and of connecting with the spirit and giving thanks for my life and for the breath in my lungs and just appreciating as much as I can of everything that's around me. Um, and then I'll play some music, uh, you know, just for the morning to kind of start easing into my body. Um, the next thing that I'll do is I'll do some stretches uh, and then I move into some vocal exercises because as a singer, as a practicing artist, I want to make sure that I'm maintaining uh, the, uh, the mechanisms, the tools, right? And one of the things that I really learned from my vocal instructor is um, in the process of doing my vocal warm-ups, I'm not trying to sing right away, but I'm warming up my vessel right so it it just starts with puttering just making of soft sounds and oming to then going into uh, the singing of the scale and tuning myself with the piano so it 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 looks like different forms so first it kind of looks like a prayer first then it looks like movement then it looks like sound but the entire morning for the entire duration of if i do the full thing that could take about half an hour to 45 minutes uh, sometimes up to an hour if I'm really taking my time with all of those three components. Um, but it's essentially waking up and then just moving into the vessel and warming up the vessel, tuning in so that we can be, uh, it's, it's almost like testing your signal in the morning and just bringing out the, 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 um, our faculties, waking up our faculties to give and receive. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then after that, you know, I'll, I'll move into depending on uh, what kind of food intake that I'm, I'm doing for that day uh, and then planning of looking through my agenda and looking at my day. And then, you know, then I then I move into the flow of whatever is planned for that day. But those three things are kind of really staple for me right now in terms of my morning routine. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, and then in the evening, yeah, I just review kind of uh, I have a system right now that I'm working with that has uh, uh, it's called uh, best year ever. Uh, best year ever. Yeah, yeah so I'm doing best yeah. year right now. But it, it has like a weekly um, way of taking account of uh, your goals for the year, but and also your goals for right now, tangible kind of behavioral things that you need to be doing throughout the day, whether it be like calling my mom or, you know, making sure that I'm maintaining my dance practice. I have a checklist of all the different things um, that I uh, had set out for myself as things that I wanted to do for that day. So I will go through that checklist at the end of the night, uh, you know, do that balance sheet of uh, looking at, you know, my goals and my calendar and, you know, making sure that the the things that I've set out that I said I want to achieve, that I'm actually physically now translating that into time blocks uh, into my day um, and going through the checklist of, okay, what's up for tomorrow? Um, and then I uh, give thanks and praises again uh, before sleep. And then, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. It's incredible. And I mean, we're definitely, one person said it really well, um, that humans are pattern-creating um, beings, right? We create patterns, we notice patterns, we act out patterns, and so the more intentional we can get with those and the more um, tuned in to, you know, what really feeds us and keeps us on track, mm -hmm. um, it just makes everything so much easier, mm -hmm. so much easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like building that foundation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting, touching on shiny object syndrome. That's something I've noticed that I have um, definitely been fallen, fallen prey to in the past. I think we all have. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, living in the world today, it's, it's pretty hard not to. Mm. Being connected to the Internet and social media and yeah. billboards, and it's like, it's insane. It's designed that way, actually, right? To design mm. to accommodate for this shiny object syndrome. It's, it's uh, definitely a cultural phenomenon, I think, especially in the Western world. Um, you know that that immediate gratification, uh, and and those of us who are kind of in the spiritual or awakening community are not immune to that. <laughs> no, well, I think for us, it takes the form of what's the, you know the next piece of growth or what's the next best superfood or the next best exercise or meditation or you know which is all great it's yeah. all great it's all it's all with good intention um but yeah i think we can just get a little bit um carried away sometimes yeah and again it's coming back to that integration of how do we implement these things with uh, a level of consistency because the 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 fallout with the shiny object syndrome is that it's very fiery it's quick and it's over and it um, burns out, and it burns out out and and you know to create real pathways uh to our true inner purpose i think you have to create uh intentional consistency in the areas that you want to uh manifest in your life ultimately you know 
definitely, definitely. <laughs> Another thing that I would love to uh, get from folks is three resources, whether those are books or quotes or teachings or whatever it might be, three resources that have had um, a significant impact on your life. Three resources that have had a significant impact on my life. Well, I spoke to kind of the three different stages uh, of the things that I uh, really prioritize my work on. So I will uh, focus uh, one for each. Um, one resource that I found really powerful um, in terms of the work that created foundation for me in helping to understand uh, my identity and that personal work that I needed to do within myself of that, that cocooning stage, right, of coming to grips of understanding my own identity, coming to grips with an understanding of uh, the context that I live in um, and what what is it that I choose to take a stand for. Um, one of my... Uh, deepest heroes in life is a woman named Grace Lee Boggs. And uh, she is a, uh, actually she passed away a couple of years ago, very recently. And um, she was a Chinese American woman uh, who lived in Detroit and had dedicated her life to, uh, as an Asian woman fighting in the resistance for black liberation. And she was a really inspirational figure in terms of um, helping to contextualize the importance of social justice work and the importance of uh, education and the arts in that work. Uh, she definitely was a, a huge advocate for the arts and for education and the role that it plays within this larger context of social justice, which includes talking about race inequities, uh, talking about systemic oppression, talking about, you know, um, the, the realities that lay at the foundation of Western civilization today. And she called her book, The Next American Revolution. And that was a book that deeply and profoundly, I was bawling, oh my, oh my God, you're speaking my life, like everything that I was feeling within myself you've written about. So um, that was a huge resource for me. Um, the second piece, uh, around, uh, so the, the, the second stage, the labbing stage, uh, which I didn't, uh, go deeply, deeply into, um, in terms of the work that I do around supporting artists, entrepreneurs and, and, you know, kind of stepping into that mission. Um, one of the things that I found really deeply helpful along my journey were the teachings of Jerry Foster. Um, and Jerry Foster is a, a, a really amazing and inspiring individual that focuses his work around branding um, and looking at how to cultivate and, and shape your brand uh, around an understanding that a brand is a promise and, and kind of cultivating um, an understanding of marrying now. Because where that really was really powerful for me is understanding that as a revolutionary right as somebody who's in social justice work a lot of us uh have very uh difficult 
relationships with capitalism and difficult relationship with engaging in the economy um, because we understand our current economic system to be so corrupt, to be so uh, such a tool for domination and control and power and greed for a ruling upper class that we uh, and myself included fight against that system in very uh, nuanced ways. It can look like protesting on the street to sabotaging our, our own financial well-being because we somehow feel like that's more righteous and and um, feeling very triggered around words like marketing and branding and, and these sorts of ideas. And myself included, I totally went through that entire thing until I realized that these are just words that explain tools um, to be able to communicate, right? To be able to communicate your um, message properly is to be able to serve the people that you are benefiting the most, right? That how can I communicate what it is that I offer to the people that I can have the deepest amount of impact, who I can serve the deepest, you know, and that is coming to a place, if you are an entrepreneur, understanding what your brand is. And understanding how to communicate that through the proper channels and understanding your market is to understand who are the people that are going to most receive the gifts that you have to offer and move them in, in, in a way that is going to help them in their lives, not about skeezy, you know, salesmen selling the old at the at the used cars, you know, salesman thing. No, like mm. definitely these tools have been used by people. But again, it's like it's just like any tool. It depends on the intentionality behind it. But for these tools, for a lot of us who are in the conscious uh, or social justice geared communities, have become trigger points um, of trauma. And so it's a it was a relearning for me to kind of go go through that understanding of um, having a business-minded mentality. If I truly want to manifest my purpose and I want to be able to sustain myself and, mm -hmm. and, and be able to truly have the most amount of impact on the people that I feel like I am here to serve, it requires that I have develop a certain level of business savvy. Um, and so I, I have started uh, teaching workshops around branding um, with uh, uh, making a living making art series that I recently did with a neighborhood arts network. Um, and we're going to be rolling out with a webinar series soon around that. But a lot of the stuff that I learned uh, came uh, from Jerry Foster, right? came uh, from New Peaks or Peak Potentials, a lot of their programmings. Um, so I, I definitely have to give a lot of uh, kudos to them uh, because they've been uh, very integral in helping me to shape uh, understandings of uh, being able to reframe my relationship with business and entrepreneurship. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the third layer the self-care uh, aspect, um, I have to give a lot of my uh, knowledge around healing credit to the Integral Healing Center of Toronto. Uh, John Wentz is uh, the leading teacher there, and that is the course uh, that I took uh, over a period of four years. Uh, that centers around the modalities of psychotherapy, bioenergetic therapy, and energy healing, um, and, which, uh, you know, we had made previous context of uh, the book uh, Healing Trauma um, by Peter Levine, uh, and that uh, was one of the staple kind of textbooks of that mm -hmm. course. The other staple textbook from that course was uh, Anodea Judith's 
Eastern healing, Eastern body, Western mind, uh, Anna Dea Judith. And that is a really important resource for anybody who is on that uh, journey of healing for yourself. If you want to get a deeper understanding of how uh, Eastern modes of energy healing work with Western uh, understanding of psychotherapy and how they meet in the body, uh, those two uh, books are really, really important. Um, and, uh, and yeah, yeah. And, and ultimately, the deepest resource I think that we can kind of tap into is our own internal light, is our own internal voice. You can be, ha- you can be given a list of a thousand resources, right? But if we are not tuned in to ourselves to be able to follow that inner guidance, um, then we will be stuck in that uh, dance of trying to live up to other people's expectations or trying to live up to a certain should as opposed to truly tuning into the lessons that are going to serve us and help us to progress on our path. And so I would say the deepest resource that we can always come back to that is always there always always there is that inner light within us that is connected to spirit and connected with all Mm-hmm. amen sister yes yes that is the good stuff that is the good stuff i love it i love it and i just wanted to re-emphasize because i'm i'm myself you know very much in the midst of deprogramming and reprogramming myself around finances and around organization and systems and and really going pro. Um, Stephen Pressfield, who's a fantastic author, talks about going pro. And so that's part of my 2017 uh, mission. And yeah, it's like the better that you do, the more good you can do in the world and the more impact you can have. So it's so important for for everyone out there who wants to do that, to want to have an impact to to uh, yeah, really um, get clear around finances and business and branding and and using it and playing it like, like the game it is, right? It's not like we're being super attached to it, but uh, it's where we're at. It's the, it's the time we find ourselves in, and uh, it's just what has to be done. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, if folks kind of want to have continue some of these conversations with me, they can always find me at voiceofpurpose.org. Um, and in terms of my own personal resources that I can offer you, there's a lot there as well. Like I have uh, also a podcast where I interview different educators uh, called Empowering Educators, and it's a podcast centered around purpose-driven education that folks can tune into. Um, and I also uh, had a series, uh, a web TV series last year uh, centered around uh, Voice of Purpose as well. And that was um, centered around uh, interviewing people who had found their true purpose in life uh, and talking about their journeys uh, in that in that process. So we can also provide links for those um, as well. And uh, and yeah. I'm always also willing to be a resource for people. So um, you are welcome to to join me um, at any point in time. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can also, uh, there's another very easy resource that I could send to you that we can share with people. And it's the seven practical steps of uh, aligning or understanding uh, to finding your true purpose, uh, which is like a really easy PDF that people can access. So I can definitely send you along those things because I know you like to provide resources for people. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. That would be fantastic. And so, son, I just want to take a moment and uh, acknowledge you and thank you for showing up 
and for shining and for stepping into this power and uh, really just being a voice and a heart and a soul that's making an impact. Um, and I mean, I've, I've only seemingly just met you, but uh, already I can feel you know strong resonance with what you're up to. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you for showing up and, and being open and standing tall and uh, and taking care of yourself so that you can serve the world. Thank you. Thank you. And definitely um, want to acknowledge you as well and, and sending you um, infinite gratitude for having me on your podcast. Um, I definitely feel that strong resonance as well. So thank you for doing the work that you're doing and, and helping people to tell their stories and, and bringing more resources and light into the world. I think that's super important. Um, and so it's it's been a great honor. And um I think the last thing that I will kind of leave with people is, yeah, take care of yourself, you know, and if you need a little bit of extra support around uh, helping you to ground and helping you to deepen into what your true path of purpose is, um, know that that there is a resource out there for you uh, through Voice of Purpose, but also uh, very tangibly in the immediate sense through Grounding Space, which is a event that will be happening uh, January 21st uh, from 2 to 5 p.m. And uh, we'll have a link there for you as well and 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 every month uh sat on the third saturday uh january february march the third saturday from two to five uh there will be a space for you to come and and uh ground and 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 explore what we can do uh to help you establish a practice of self-care that goes beyond the workshop into integrating uh these things into your life so that you can be a stronger person and a presence for yourself and for others. And so this workshop specifically speaks to and outreaches to folks who are in the service of others, uh, who kind of feel the burnout or the pressure um, to kind of uh, do this work, but are feeling like they are running on sometimes in an empty tap. So uh, it will be a definitely a really healing and grounding experience to help fill up, back up our cups so that we can go back out there and keep shining our light. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so if you're listening and that sounds like you, you're feeling the call. I think I'm feeling the call. Yeah. Check it out. I got to at least check it out a little bit more. Um, then, yeah, maybe we'll see you, uh, see you soon. And for everyone listening, thank you so much. Keep redefining reality and have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you. Ciao. This song is for y'all, for all your help making this movement move so fluently and so strongly. I have come to build a bridge so come let's build Focus to roll it, I drop the hatchet, you won't forget to say, prepare me for 
full of metal. I am a witness, so crystal bullets. I drop the hatchet, you won't forget to say. Mine eyes have seen nothing but trouble. You must make peace with them guards and the devils. I can be rude, boy, I am not satchel. I tend to sneak in and burst out them barbels. We are the ones even made to rumble. I torch my enemies' house with their candle. Music is their weapon, make empires crumble. We bring them bankers and wealthy to tremble. What we know is what. We're old, can't be too careful, shooting arrows, sitting them wicked, burning them bridges, said what we know is what we are. Can't be too careful, shooting arrows, sitting them wicked, burning them bridges, said Misfits, the society We struggle with housing, drugs, and sobriety We're not from here, but born here respectively Immigrated cause America rapes my country My bridge ain't big with no white man money I'm on Indian time, you know you cannot rush me I can be vicious, malicious, and ugly A danger to darkness, you better run quickly What we know is what we're old Can't be too careful, shoot flaming arrows Hitting them wicked, burning them bridges Said what? We know is what we owe. Can't be too careful. Shoot flaming arrows, hitting them wicked, burning them bridges. Said I've come to build a bridge. So come, let's build. Build, build, build. I have come to build a bridge. So come, let's build. Build, build, build. I have come to build a bridge. So come, let's build, 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 build. I'll come to build a bridge. So come, let's. Ba 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 Nothing see, Papa didn't have a good soul Cause he did give me the anger, I was born so cold Raised white Christian in a white neighborhood There was no bridges for me, I'm my indigenous blood Said I confused, identity crisis Indigenous, my story is so timeless Now I'm building bridges so that it would all make sense Why I'm here with the music so passionate Gotta ride hard or die trying it. I had the rain crash on white lightning I am relentless, stop at nothing I'm El Coyote, bridges building Must stay humble, never be like cheap address Ain't no flag upside down, I'm in distress Never take no title at the deepest respect Welcome to Aquarius, son, you're a legend Guardian of the gate, escape number seven I tame the beast and I ride the dragon I reincarnate as a wild stallion What we know is what we're out Can't be too careful, shoot flaming arrows Hitting them wicked, burning them bridges Said what we know is what we owe Can't be too careful, shoot flaming arrows Hitting them wicked, burning them bridges Said I'll come to build a bridge So come, let's build I'll come to build a bridge So come, let's build 
grab a barrel Shed my people, my earth My country, my heart In service forever A mission to better My passion, my fist My heart, open it Reclaim, recover Protect clean water Said I've come to live in peace so come, let's live, 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 live. I have come to live in peace. So come, let's live, 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 live. I have come to live in peace. So come, let's live. Together we will.